Hello, you're listening to Making It Count, a podcast that provides practical financial advice for every stage of life with a twist. We're your hosts, Christina and Will. We aren't financial experts. We're just like you, aka trying not to stumble our way to financial success. That's where our money smart friends come into the equation. You see what I did there, Will? Yes. I guess we need to add a bad pun disclaimer to our show description. Well, as long as we add a reality TV spoiler disclaimer as well. I'm there for that. You'll want to stay tuned for fun guest interviews, discussions around money taboos, and apparently corny jokes and Real Housewives references. Mm -hmm. That is so perfectly us. So together, let's make make it count. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Making It Count. I'm looking forward to this topic, which is one I think a lot of our listeners are going to relate to. I 100% agree. We're going to be talking about remodeling and staging your home to get it ready to sell. I actually, Will, just read that an average homeowner can spend anywhere from $19,000 to $75,000 on remodeling. And of course, that depends on like the size of your house. Honestly, that doesn't really surprise me because everybody I've ever talked to who's remodeled is like the budget's always insane and it always shocks me how much they're spending to do it. We do have two terrific guests who are really experts in this area to help us out. And we're going to introduce them in a minute. But first, Christina, have you ever done a home remodel or renovation? Have I done one? Yes. I have. I, um... I was really expecting a no. <laughs> I had no idea. Really? <laughs> yes, I've done a lot. So we've lived in two different homes. The first one, we totally gutted the kitchen, ripped down a wall, moved a sink, put new flooring. The home we're currently in, we actually got it as a foreclosure. So we have since done, like we've painted the exterior, we've ripped out the grass, we've done new landscaping, we've done a porch and then a pool and then a new kitchen and then new flooring. So we've Wait, done- Wait, you have a pool? I do have a pool. And a 13th mortgage payment. But we don't need to talk about that. I didn't know she had a pool. I do have a pool. You can come by any time. She says this now that I've (laughs) discovered the pool. (laughs) But yeah, so I've definitely, we've lived through the not having a kitchen sink for a month. We've lived through the cloudy dust of getting tile ripped out of our house. Yes. So I've been there, done that. Homeowner life, check. I know, but you've never owned a home, right? You've only rented? Well, thanks for the reminder. (laughs) Um, That's really great to be remembering. But um, no, no, I have not been through a remodel myself. No, like even growing up, like my parents never really remodeled their house. Like Mm. they just never did. But I mean, I have a lot of experience watching Love It or List It on HGTV. (laughs) And I always want them to love it. I I never, I never want them to list it. I get very mad when Realtor Brad wins. Is it Realtor Brad? Well, it's two. There's two different ones. There's an American show and a Canadian show. Canadian one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what his name is, but I always want them to love it, too. I want them to love it, yeah. I know, me too. All right, so let's introduce our guests and get right into the conversation. First, we have Kathy Michaels. Kathy, can you introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. Christina, Will, thanks again for inviting me today. My name is Kathy Michaels. I'm a home loan specialist with Addition Financial Credit Union. I've been in the real estate side of lending for 20 to 25 years, mostly concentrating in conventional and home equity products. Um, And I guess we're going to speak more about that later on today and how it relates to getting your home ready to possibly resell it. And Kathy's a returning guest. Boop, boop, boop. Yes, they they invited me back. I'm very honored. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, with, your your first episode with us with Eric. With Eric. That one was so much fun. Yeah, that's one of our most listened to episodes. Yeah, too. so if you want to check that one out, that's Aww. in season one. So if you if you love Kathy as much as you're going to fall in love with her at the end of this podcast, there's a great one about purchasing a new home in season one. So go check that one out. Oh, I have warm fuzzies now. <laughs> our next guest is Brad Fletcher. Brad, introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Brad Fletcher, and I am one of the owners of the Home Staging Pros. We are actually the oldest staging company in Central Florida. We opened in 2006. During that time, we've staged over 300 million in real estate, and we have seen everything that the market has done from really good to really bad, and everything in between. So I've lived through both. That is really hard. (laughs) Well, welcome to both of you. Let's dive in with our questions. Christina, why don't you get us started? I get to start, Will? You get to start. You're gonna let me start? Okay, (laughs) so this one, Brad, you are up first. Our first question is a really general one. I have heard the words remodeling and renovation used interchangeably. Is there a difference between the two? So I would say that typically if you're doing a remodel, it's somebody that's going to stay in the home. If you're doing a renovation or what we call a reno, it's using that to prep the home for sale. A little bit or a lot less than remodeling is because remodeling is a whole different ballgame. Typically, what we see on our side is that most people are doing a renovation so that they can get it on the market and show it well. So how important is a first impression when a potential buyer comes to see the house? Because you mentioned, like you said, that the renovation is usually prepped for selling. So in home staging, we like to say that you have two chances to make a first impression. The first is going to be when you show up with the realtor. You're standing outside waiting for them to get in the house. You're looking around at the grass, the paint, just the general overall exterior condition of the house. They've shown that it takes about 15 seconds before people start forming a positive or negative opinion towards the house. The second first impression is when the door opens and they initially step inside. Once again, what shape the house is in. Also, people are are really particular about any odors, pet smells, cigarette smoke, all that can can shift a positive outlook and start going in the negative. So it's really important that that doesn't happen. So, okay. So I learned on HGTV about using like candles or baking cookies or like, is that really a thing or it is that really, like... It really is. It really? really Christina's never going to sell her house. She's, it's filled with smoke. <laughs> cigarette it. smoke. I'm kidding. Ew, gross. No, I've never smoked ever. But yeah, I've, I've heard that. And I always thought it was like, no, that can't be true. Like, that can't be. But I guess it is. All right, cool. All right. So you've got 15 seconds. And I bet I, w- I would, Brad, I would throw this out that you almost have three times to make a first impression because the pictures that are posted are probably also really important. So nowadays, particularly with the pandemic, A lot of people are starting their search online more than they used to. We're seeing a lot more 3D tours, people buying the house without even physically touring it. That has started to lessen a little bit. Uh, We are starting to see the market soften somewhat. But yes, it is important. I can't stress enough how important that is because it can make or break a sale. The other thing I see is a lot of people will just go around with their phone and take pictures put it online thinking they're going to get multiple offers and it's not. I mean, you're marketing your property and it needs to be done correctly. I have a confession to make, guys. I am a Zillow stalker. I love (laughs) Zillow. I love it. 
I drive around when we're out of town and I'm like, I want to know how much that house is worth and I will like stalk you on Zillow. Kathy's looking at me like I'm crazy. I have a feeling, Kathy, you were also a Zillow stalker. <laughs> I sometimes stalk, See? yes. I do. And, and, and what Brad was saying is those pictures are so important. When I see pictures that were done professionally versus someone that doesn't remember to put the lid down on the toilet seat or to pick up the towel on the floor or to hang it properly or the magazines that are just scattered. I mean, just, and believe me, I live that way sometimes. But again, professional pictures are absolutely necessary. So besides kitchens, which I've already shared, I've remodeled two kitchens. I hear that bathrooms are also really important, which is the next thing on our list. So are really kitchens and bathrooms the key to selling a home? 100%. I can't stress that enough. It's a, they've got to look good. They have to show well. And more importantly, you need to put stuff away. The magazines next to the toilet are not good. The toilet <laughs> you don't feel like you're stepping good. into somebody else's bathroom. Exactly. Like, oh. I don't want to be like, oh, that's what they use for their underarm deodorant. Like, yep. <laughs> exactly. We tell everybody put all that in, in little bins and stick it under the sink because buyers are going to be looking at everything. So, And you don't want all that stuff covering up the granite countertop, right? I would think. Or my, you know, I don't want you have a problem spot. And then we're going to conveniently put a little pot there. Yeah. (laughs) Like curling iron, like burn the, burn it. That's a good idea. So kitchens, bathrooms, those are super important. You also earlier mentioned like the first impression of visiting and seeing the physical property is the exterior. So I imagine a lot of people are looking to increase their home's curb appeal, right? What are some ways they can do that? The quickest thing you can do is typically just kind of replanting you know, some flowers, even doing just simple, you know, bowls of color flowers by the front door, repainting the front door and repainting the shutters. That's another quick, easy and expensive thing to do. Making sure the sod is good. I mean, you pull up and everything's dead, then immediately the buyer's going to start a checklist in their head. Okay, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. So you just want to get all that out of the equation the minute they pull up. Or more preferably, when they're looking online before they Mm -hmm. take that next step. You know what we just did? We just pressure washed our driveway. Didn't cost us anything, but that's probably a quick and easy thing. Well, not easy easy or quick. It's very very satisfying to do. I've done that. It is. Very, very satisfying. You You get get all dirty and it splashes all back. No, 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 not that. Just watching it. (laughs) Just watching it magically disappear. But you can't stop. You have to keep going. Otherwise, yeah. You You can't just do like one and then watch ladies. If you're doing it with capris on, watch the weird tan lines you might get on your legs. (laughs) That sounds like you're saying something from experience. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Kathy, this question's for you. What role can real estate agents play in selling your house? I know that they can help with both kind of giving you direction on curb appeal, but also financing, right? I think they're another important part of the team in the process. You know, you have Brad and his professionalism and how to make the house look right. Exterior, interior, give you the ideas and and get it done. But a real estate agent is going to be able to tell you your area, your subdivision, what is worth investing the time and money in, how quickly it might turn over, how it may equate to a a purchase price. Not everything is dollar for dollar, as expensive as home renovations, remodeling is. A real estate agent is gonna give you that point because 
I'm assuming they're going to be listing your home and they're going to want it to sell as close to purchase price as they set it. And, you know, with the help of your professionals like Brad and then, you know, with your real estate agent, it should be a realistic, hopefully, you know, transaction. That's a great point, because I think with how much we consume things like HGTV and the other gazillion channels (laughs) that there are now. Um, I think they they always make a big thing on like, well, we spent $10,000 on this, but now it's worth $30,000 more. And it, they just they always like harp on that. So I think there's this notion that every renovation you do or every remodel is going to lead to an exponential increase. Yeah, it's not always unless you are fortunate enough to have the ability uh, to put in that sweat equity and do a lot of it maybe yourself. You know, like when it comes to the exterior, your plant things and everything else. Yeah, if you hire a professional landscaper versus doing it yourself, if you can do a good job, yeah, you could save some money. But most of the big projects, unless you're a professional contractor, you're going to have to hire somebody. And believe me, I've learned enough over the past 15 years in my house. Well, 17, the many things I've done. I'm like, wow. Yeah. I'd like to add to that if I could. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So... Like you were saying, if you know what you're doing, you can save a lot of money and it can look nice. If you don't know what you're doing, big if you need to hire a contractor with the realization that you need to budget in at least 25% more for the time that it's going to take to to complete the project, 25% more for the cost. That is, and a lot of people don't do that. And I've seen people they set their budget and then all of a sudden it's a month later, another month later. They've got their carrying costs, supply shortages is what we're experiencing right now with COVID. And then contractors, quite frankly, a lot of them are so busy that they don't want to do the smaller projects. They just want the big, full remodel. So those are all things to take into consideration before you start going down that road. That's a great point to like consider the additional cost because on Love It or List It, very often, <laughs> one person in the couple, one person in the spouse, like the one spouse is like, oh, how much extra is that going to cost? And she's like, well, you're literally missing a support beam in your house, so we have to put that in and this, that, and the other. And they're like, that's unnecessary. Well, you know that's reality TV, right? I know, but... Okay, and reality TV is not real. It's still fun. <laughs> Brad, does everybody now seem to, with HGTV of, of the world, now everybody sure thinks they all they're, think they're, an, a, expert, they're right? an expert in home staging <laughs> and stuff? Everybody. And we've been on HGTV. We hey! actually... Uh, oh. There was a House Hunters International. <gasps> I love so that show. One of our homes was done on there. I know a lot of the stars on HGTV. And the thing, like you said, we run into, everybody thinks they know what they're doing. And some do, but a lot, not so much. And that can lead to a lot of problems. Now I want to know which of the HGTV stars aren't good at what they do. <laughs> I know. You know, I always feel like when I go to Ikea, everybody when they walk into Ikea thinks that they're an interior designer or they can stage. And that's not true. See, I, I have the opposite. I look like when I watch HGTV, love it or listed or <laughs> any of the shows, it doesn't matter. I then like look around my home and I thought it was okay. And then I'm like, oh, I don't like anything anymore. (laughs) I want to hire somebody to just empty it and redo it. Well, I feel like the way they portray things now, it's almost like if you put a fiddly fig plant in your house, you've upped the price by $10,000 or some magic number. Like that's the way they portray it almost. I think you just like saying fiddly fig. Fiddly fig. It is a fun word to say. I think the other thing is they don't really show what goes on behind the scenes. 
and what's involved. They, they make it look like just all of a sudden snap your fingers and In it's all hour. done. And they don't show that there's literally about 15 people working on it. No, at one I mean, time. Bobby on Queer Eye is doing it all himself. <laughs> That's I've honestly said that because everyone's like, Bobby's the worst character in Queer Eye. No, he's not. He's great. But he also like, you know, one's going up and like, I redid your haircut. And the other one is like, I'm putting in new cabinets for you. <laughs> I'm literally remodeling your apartment. <laughs> Who's the hard worker? Anyways, I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> off on a tangent. Another reality show. See? <laughs> That's my question. Yes, it is. <laughs> all right. So... In terms of cost, one of the biggest concerns homeowners have about renovation is the budget. So what are some tips to help people set a budget, Brad? How much can you lose? Ooh, what That's do you mean by that? basically the same thing. It, Jeopardy. There are some things that happen that things just go wrong. No matter how well you plan it, you need to figure out what can come up that I'm not seeing and use that as a base guideline and then figure out how much you have left over to do the renovation. A lot of times we actually have a house, we're going through this right now. They did do some renovations, but then it went under contract. And when they did inspections, now the whole roof has to be replaced. Oh, no. I've got another one that the plumbing has to be replaced. So, I mean, those that are can, not inexpensive. You know, you're talking quick. $20,000, $30,000 easily. Get all your ducks in a row. Know what can be done, but also prepare in case things go horribly wrong, which they do sometimes. Kathy, when you get a call for somebody that wants to either refinance or want to buy a home or things like that, what are the kinds of things that you tell them, like that you encourage them, uh, the reality check of like, okay, if you put in a pool, you're not going to get that money back. Do you have those conversations? I do. Um, when the equity in their home may be marginal, let's say, for what they want, you know, they'll say, well, my home is worth 400000 and I only owe 300 on it. So I have 100000 in equity. I said, well, not really because of fluctuating things, things that may have to be done. Plus, most lenders are not going to finance 100% because of what happened several years ago. So then we start talking about the things they may have done or may have in their home. And they'll say, well, I, you know, I put in a pool last year. It was $30,000. Well, it may only allow for a $10,000 adjustment on an appraisal. It's not all dollar for dollar. So we have to gently tell them some of the things that are going to be factored in, some things that aren't going to be factored in at all. And then, of course, the overall condition, as Brad say, you know, you know, that's very important. It's perspective. It's also right person looking at it at the right time. But when an appraiser goes out there, they're going to look at your home. They're going to compare it to others in the area. They're not going to compare it to a million-dollar mansion, you know, 15 miles away. They're going to compare it to similar sales that have, may have happened recently. They're going to then make adjustments for size, for condition. You know, your house may not be all upgraded and, and renovated and pretty, but as long as it's been kept well and maintained, then it's going to pass appraisal. The prettiness part of it or the renovation part of it is more for who's going to look to buy your house. Is it going to appeal to them? So an appraiser is just looking at the value, not necessarily what Brad and his team might do to make it appealing. They're going to look at the structured things, you know, the overall, you know, the roof is intact. There's no leaking, you know, there's none of those really deferred maintenance things. And then they're going to look at comparative sales 
And then they're going to base their opinion there for what it would sell for, what it's valued at. And then from there, as a lender, we use that to determine based on what you may owe, or maybe you don't owe anything on your home. Maybe you've paid it off. Goals. Yes. Seriously. And then from there, we determine, you know, what an amount of loan might look like for you payment wise, what's comfortable for your budget. You know, a lot of times what we see on paper is, oh, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith may qualify for a $1,500 a month payment. But Mr. and Mrs. Smith may say, no, I need to keep my payment at 900 a month, you know, we don't ask about those social expenses or those real life, those real life <laughs> I love expenses. How, I, I, so just so you guys, so you know, Kathy did point to Will when she said social expenses. I want to make sure that I'm going to take that clear. as a compliment of someone who is social and has a you social are. life. You are. She didn't point at me. I mean, ugh, I got 13th kids. mortgage payment. I know. See, but I'll have my house paid off in like 10 years. No worries. So. I don't have a house. I don't have to pay it off. <laughs> well, Problem solved. <laughs> last year kind of put a damper on everybody's social expenses. That's, that's for sure. True. So Kathy, I shouldn't go to Zillow and just think that my Zestament is going to well, be correct. Actually, Zillow, we have found because I'll look at it when I get an application for a home equity loan, let's say, and the pem- member says, well, my home's worth, you know, 450000 and before they go through the cost of an appraisal and everything, sometimes I'll look at Zillow and I'll say, well, that okay, that's where they got their value from. Okay. And then when I talk to them and I ask them, you know, what are you basing your opinion on? And they'll refer to homes that may have sold in their home. I said, well, that's a good base at least, but ultimately the appraisal is going to determine it. And we are finding because the market is so busy, Zillow pulls from geographic information, just address. They don't know your particular home necessarily. Mm -hmm. But because there is so much activity and there are so many sales, they're pulling that data in. So we're finding that the Zillow Zestimates aren't too far off unless there's something drastically different about that home when Mm -hmm. it goes to be appraised. Interesting. Now, years ago when the market was like, wah, wah, you know, and there wasn't a lot of sales, you know, and there wasn't a lot of data to pull from. So they were pulling like old sales and it, it just wasn't really accurate. But we're finding they're not quite as bad. And in lieu of paying for an appraisal or getting a real estate agent to come in and give them a, you know, a BPO or something, it's free. It's there. Mm-hmm. You know, it gives them an idea because some people, if they've been in their home a long time, they either really undervaluate it or they really overvaluate it. And Zillow will maybe bring them to a little bit more of a realistic dollar That's amount. so interesting. Red Plus fins. you get to see pictures. Yes. Pictures and Redfin's another good yes. one as yes. well. Oh. And like Kathy was saying, they are getting more accurate. Back in the day, it was kind of all over the place. But I think now just they're getting better at showing what, what it really is. The other thing to add what you're talking about you know, what Kathy does, what the appraiser does, and what I do is we look at your home like a buyer would. There's no emotion there. And when we go in, I tell them, I'll just tell them flat out, you know, you need to do this and this. And are you sure that's a correct price? Because, you know, there's nothing in the area that's sold for that. But you want $75,000 more. You know, mm. is this really a good it's idea? because my house is so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We asked the agent too. you know, I always ask them, you know, do you feel that the home is priced correctly? And if they don't, and that's something they need to work on with the buyer, we will walk away from a job because we don't want them to spend money that they're just throwing it out the window if there's no hope of 
of getting that back. I love that you have that in mind. You don't want to hurt somebody financially because of that. Okay, so I'm getting ready to sell my home or you know, I'm thinking about it. I talked to Brad. I have an idea of what I need to do. What options do I have to be able to afford to do the renovation? Well, as Brad mentioned, you need to know dollar amount. What do you need? And then add to that just in case. <laughs> so if you're talking about something, maybe you're for, maybe it has to be done quickly, you know, and, and Brad is going to stage and, and help in the interior, but maybe you're just going to bare, I want to say bare bones it because nothing is inexpensive, but maybe you're just going to put a fresh coat of paint, some simple plants, you know, you're not really going to start doing any remodeling, renovating, and maybe the dollar amount that you need isn't too high. You may need just a quick personal loan, maybe a low interest credit card if you know it's going to be something done fairly quickly and maybe sell it very quickly that you're not going to take a long time and have. But once you get into higher dollar amounts and that something may take a longer time because of the market and because of contractors not being available, as Brad said, you may need a home equity loan, you know, which typically lenders are going to say, you know, minimum is 10,000. So for those bigger projects, higher costs, your home equity type products, if you have the equity in your home, may be the way to go. They're going to be the lowest rates available, probably the lower payments to be able to stretch that out until you deal sell your home. It depends on the need. And I think a lot of it is going to start with how much dollar wise do you need? Secondly, what kind of time frame are you looking at? And then, of course, you can decide which lending or financing option is going to be best for you. So you actually mentioned something that I hadn't really thought of, and that's credit cards. So is that a common occurrence where people are using credit cards to finance the remodel? Or that scares me. It that scares that me, too. That is a because, little risky. You know, I'm, I'm old school. You know, you try not to have too much unsecured revolving debt, you know, but I want my points, Kathy. Well, and 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 that's <laughs> yes. valid because I'm one of those people. I use my credit card for everything uh -huh. and I try to pay it. And I luckily, knock on wood, pay it in full every month. But I get those little points and then eventually they, you know, they pay for an airfare or something. I don't know. But I've had people do that. They've gotten their 0% credit cards at, you know, Home Depot, Lowe's, furniture places, whatever they're doing. And then they... Once they get all their projects done, then they go and get a home equity loan and consolidate them all. And it can work, but it, it is a slippery slope. You have to be very careful. And I've seen people do it successfully because those things they can do quickly. Your typical home equity loan, you know, takes about 30 days to, you know, from start to having those funds available. And if you need something quickly, you know, if you need to replace that refrigerator that just broke or whatever. And of course, it always starts with one thing and then it just snowballs. <laughs> it's like, well, That's if so I'm going to replace the refrigerator, well, do I, I want to refrigerator to match the range match. or the range to match the That's dishwasher? I mean. so. That's the boat in, I'm in. It's like, okay, I'm waiting for the refrigerator or the range to go. And if it goes... <laughs> and the microwave? Do I go stainless? Well, microwaves are cheap. Do I go stainless? Do I go white? Do I go this? And then it's like, well, now and I do have... do I do regular stainless or black stainless? Or do I do one yeah. of the new, like... Convection? They, uh, <laughs> 
convection yes, oven. Yes, uh, yeah. convection My appliance <laughs> person has given me prices. I want to say every six months I visit and I say, can I have prices? And he goes, oh, is it stainless this time or white this time? Well, I now said. they're like advertising those like, yes. the, they call them bespoke. It's you just choose some colors to put on the like, yes. choose different. Because you need like a one color on one side, another color on another side. And it's no, I'm going to go back and I'm going to age myself. My mother, God rest her soul, years ago, Sears Roebuck, she bought her side-by-side refrigerator. Sears Roebuck. Sears Roebuck. (laughs) Side-by-side refrigerator. And the panels were replaceable in the front. And we had had the avocado green and the harvest gold panels. (laughs) I feel like that would go really well today. People would love that. I don't know, Brad, is that coming back? Very modern? Brad's side. He was like, I hope (laughs) not. Like I said, I'm really aging myself, but I remember that being little. I'm like, well, the refrigerator was white yesterday. And then all of a sudden I come home and it's harvest gold. And I'm like, hmm. Brad, when staging a house, how important is it to be on trend or to be like, what's the most important thing? That we keep everything very neutral. We don't know what a buyer is going to like in the way of color or furniture style. It's very important on our end that we scale the furniture because once again, we don't know what they're going to have. So we kind of call it the Goldilocks zone. It's not too big. It's not too small. Just fits right. And like right now, gray and cream is really in. We are starting to see the tans and the browns come in. Some grayish. Some grayish. I've heard of grayish. Grayish. So it's it's good just to keep it nice and simple and not do anything too wild. Um, now, for say downtown, we do see a lot of avocado and you know the 1950s houses and some people maybe first time home buyers that are younger they love it. Some people won't. Sometimes it's an easy fix. Sometimes it's not worth the money to try and do that. So we kind of go in and we come up with a game plan for them. You know, spend your money here, don't spend it here. So you're going into a home, you're assisting the the sellers. What about those really small things that aren't technically staging, but like a quick fix? Like would what kind of things are important? Like why are small repairs important for when selling the home? Just inspection is really important. I mean, even a small repair can really throw a wrench into the deal. Just make sure, you know, all your lighting's up to date. Simple things like replacing cabinet knobs. You can do some really easy and cost-effective aesthetic things to change it, but you do need to make sure that the house is in tip-top shape. I always tell people, make sure it's spotlessly clean. If you go in and you start seeing things that are broken or not working right, then the buyer's going to start thinking to themselves, well, they haven't kept up the house. What am, what do I not know? What's going on over here? So it can just, you know, kind of put up a wall where there doesn't need to be one. It's kind of like that restaurant rule where, like, if you go to the bathroom in a restaurant, you can assume that's how dirty or clean the kitchen is. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. I never and that's actually about very that. true. It's almost always Ew, spot on. Uh, yeah. You got to be very, very careful of that. But gross. that's like, it, that's the same thing, I think, when you go to somebody's house. And we all have like friends we've gone to their house and we're like, oh. Oh, no, now I'm super self-conscious. Oh, no. No, that's why, like, I, I'm very, very worried about my, how my house smells. Like, I don't have pets or anything. I don't have kids. I'm, I like, do but worry about that, too. I'm always like, oh, my God, what if my house smells bad and somebody comes over and then they think I'm smelly and, like, dirty and... <laughs> I don't think like, anybody's <laughs> no. thinking of that. No, they They'll probably think it's, like, over fig. fragrance because there's, like, 10 candles lit everywhere. <laughs> like, what are you hiding yeah, with what those smell candles? Is, what smell is Will hiding? <laughs> Brad, what are some, like, do's and don'ts? Like, what should we do? You should declutter and depersonalize. That is the most important thing you can do. 
And that doesn't cost anything. That doesn't cost anything. We tell it's people. Easy for Christina. She doesn't put anything about herself <laughs> or her children around the house <laughs> ever. I have hanging stuff on the wall paralysis. I can't. I can't do it. I don't know why. I need you guys to come in and do it for me. Well, we, we tell them, you know, don't do anything that they can come in and profile the seller. You know, your house is now a commodity. It needs to be sold. You need to separate your personal taste and what somebody may or may not like. We tell them to box up everything. Uh, if they want to leave a few pictures out, that's fine. But when you know you're going to have a showing, put those away. Nothing that pertains to religion or political affiliation. On our end, we don't use leather because we don't know if we're going to have somebody that's vegetarian oh and you know, having a big skin cow rug on the floor that may kind of not, I would have not never go over very that. well. So things like that, just declutter, depersonalize. Should be good to go. And make sure it smells good. Are there like certain smells? Like now, now I want to <laughs> know. Because, <laughs> you know, like nowadays, I feel like, like there's vanilla. like the candle market is huge. There's 3,000 <laughs> different brands of candles and different White like. barn or whatever. Yeah. And like what types of smells do you recommend for staging a home? Eucalyptus is really good. Vanilla is good. Just nice and simple. Easy, not Soft offensive. Lavender. Soft, Soft lavender. Soft lavender is good too. Just some nice potpourri. The other thing is you don't know if people have allergies or have asthma, mm-hmm. so you don't want to overdo it because then that could not be good. And it, it almost feels Lemon. like, what, do you, what are you trying to hide? Like you're over yeah. scenting it. Like what are you masking? Lemon is good too. I like, I'm a citrus gal. I'm like I love clean, the citrus berry, whatever. But a little bit of lavender, or like you said, eucalyptus, bergamot. It's just like if you I said, have- not too much. If I Not ever smell much, like no. Febreze, that instantly to me thinks like, what are you hiding? Yeah. Why, did, why did you need it? Why did you need Febreze? Right. Did, yeah. Ooh, I don't know. So, Brad, we've talked about like general rules about staging, but what's the benefit to the seller? Like, is there a quicker turnaround? Is there more profit generally? What's, what's the benefit of getting a stager? So statistically, if your home is priced correctly and staged properly, you can get up to 50% faster selling, over asking price. It's part of the marketing aspect of real estate. So it definitely helps also by reducing your carrying costs. We were talking about budgeting. And I think a lot of people don't take into account that every month that sits on the market, you're paying your mortgage, your insurance, your water bill. And you know if you're overpriced and it doesn't look good and it sits there for six months, then you're also looking at price reductions. So staging will help take that out of the equation as long as everything else kind of falls into place. But it, it definitely pays for itself. What are some of the challenges in the market that we're in right now? What are some of the challenges you're seeing in either staging or renovating or doing things to your home? The main thing is it, everything's in short supply. Even for us trying to get furniture, it's very, very difficult. People want to do a renovation. You know, you need 200 square feet of flooring, they may only have 100 square feet, and then it's going to be six months before it comes in. I usually tell people just do some kind of quick, easy fixes, maybe spruce up the bathrooms, the kitchen, interior paint. That's very easy. It just but takes a weekend. Paint is hard to find right now. It can be. It's crazy. I haven't seen anything like this. You know, we've been in business so long. We kind of started right when the market crashed. So that was a good lesson. Um, <laughs> Now it's kind of the opposite where people are almost falling over themselves to pay above ask. But Kathy, you'd be better at this. I just, 
it seems like things are starting to kind of normalize again. I think they are because in some of the purchase transactions that I've seen, there have been cases where appraisals were coming in lower than purchase price. So then the sellers and buyers had to come to some kind of happy medium. You know, sometimes the buyer really wants that house, that area, whatever, and they're willing to offer, pay more than maybe it appraised at, and the seller maybe will come down a little. And and we always hope that they find a good, happy medium. But we are seeing things, for lack of a better word, correcting themselves a little bit. We've gotten past last year, so all the people that were home and were, like, looking around and doing all those projects at home and hiring people and buying supplies, and now that shipping has resumed more, so hopefully things will get better when it comes to the supplies available. But we are seeing a little bit more with our buyers. We're seeing them say, you know what? I'm going to (laughs) wait. I'm going to love it or list it kind of thing. (laughs) So then, you know, those things come into play. But yeah, I think the market is starting to get, I want to say more equitable. I'm hoping it is because I also have been doing this for so long, been there when things were, I want to say normal, you know, you had a nice ratio of buyers and sellers And then it got crazy and then it all fell apart. And then slowly but surely we came back. But, you know, you hate to see the dangers of getting to that point again. But I just, I always feel, you know, I always get very empathetic for those, especially the first time home buyers that, you know, have a difficult time competing in the market. I personally would not want to be buying a house right now because I would be stressing about finding the right house and and everything else. I'll probably be that person that sells their home first. And even if I have to beg a family member to sleep on their couch, (laughs) and if I have to put whatever in storage, and then, yeah. But that's several years down the road. I'm hoping I'm staying put. (laughs) I got my laundry list of things to do still at my house. (laughs) That's the thing about being a homeowner is that it never stops. Like there's always something to do. Like I still have a room in our house Like our bathroom has never been painted. Like it's still white. (laughs) Like there's always something to do. It never goes away. Never, the house is never complete. All right, so now's the time for our rapid fire round that we like to call Making It Count Essentials. Will, you are up first. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Kathy. Okay. What do people need if they want to apply for a home equity loan? They're going to need to inquire with their lender about what's available for them. They're going to need to apply. They need and any credit application. We're going to look at their credit, their income, their sources of income, ultimately the value of their property. If it's a home equity product, if it's a personal loan, if they decide to go down that route, then of course they'll see what's available that way. But they have to allow, depending on the product, enough time. So you have to plan. And Brad is part of that plan. Your real estate agent's part of that plan, but you have to allow enough time. Is this something that could be done in a week, a month, three months? And you have to factor that in. It's not like, oh, I decided to buy a car this weekend and you can walk in and out in a few hours. It's a little bit more involved. So I would say planning, but first inquire, ask the questions, ask your professionals, ask Brad, ask your real estate agent, ask your financial institution, what do I need and how long is it going to take? Brad, what are some quick tips that can help people save money on renovations or prepping to sell their home? Declutter, depersonalize. We usually recommend taking about 50% of the furniture out just to open up the rooms. Once again, we don't know what a buyer is going to have in the way of their furniture, so we want them to see that it can actually fit. The flip side to that is buyers are not very receptive to vacant spaces. 
They've done studies, only 10% of buyers can walk into an empty room and figure out where the furniture goes. So that's part of what we do is we take that out of the equation. For an outdated bathroom, we recommend what's calling spraying it. You can have a epoxy sprayed on to the whole bathroom. So if you have the avocado tile or the bright pink Pepto-Bismol tile, for about $500, you can come in, have it all sprayed white, change the cabinet knobs, and you look like you have a brand new bathroom. And that's a quick, easy fix. And paint. Just paint the whole house. That's a great tip. All right, Kathy, here's a fun one. What's the one thing you'd renovate in your current home if money were no object? Only one thing? Seriously? That's what producer Lauren wrote. So only one thing. Blame on her. She'll get mad at us. Who, by the way, producer Lauren is doing some little remodeling of her own. Yes. Yes. Well, I have done the kitchen, the floors. I have done all the windows, doors, roof, painted the exterior, most of the interior, refinished the pool, new screen, pool screen. I've new fencing. I've done a lot, but my two nemesis projects and one I would always recommend to anybody before you move into the house. My house was empty for several months before I moved in. I didn't think to have the popcorn ceilings removed. Oh, popcorn ceiling. That's always a big mess. And (laughs) I am from the Northeast, if you couldn't tell by my accent. We had basements, we had full attics, we had lots of storage space. So my garage is my other nemesis. Mm. I would love literally for, sometimes I feel like leaving the garage door open one night with a sign, (laughs) take whatever you want. If my fat cat happens to be in there, leave her behind, take whatever you want, and then I'll have it professionally organized. It's not messy, there's just way too much stuff in there. So those are my two nemesises right now. So mm. I've admitted it. It's out there. The Ma- popcorn ceiling really speaks to me because I feel like every time, like when I found my apartment that doesn't have it, I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. Just, I don't know. It just makes a big difference to me. But what a nightmare. My parents had to remove the popcorn ceiling. And like Brad said, it's a mess. It's a nightmare. Ugh. It's gross. And it just takes forever. And then the glitter in the popcorn ceiling, it's like, it couldn't be bad enough, but then they added little... Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. Okay. So Brad, this one's for you. How much time should people prepare to spend in preparing their home to sell? A week. That's it? Yeah. If they're just going to do the basic stuff, like I said, now, if they're talking about, you know, doing some minor renovations at least a month, just because everything's so crazy right now. And uh, if you're going to hire a contractor, just be very careful because Things are taking two, three times as long. And like I said before, you're just, you're paying that every month to wait for it to be completed. Mm. Kathy, what are some benefits of using a HELOC or home equity line of credit to finance renovations? They are going to offer you, especially if you need those higher dollar amounts, the lower interest rates, which is going to, and usually you could spread the payments out longer terms, whether it's 10, 15, 20 years, depending on how it's structured. So you're going to have a lower payment. And as Brad said, if it's going to take some time, you're not going to have to afford it for those several months, possibly until, you know, everything is done and your home is sold. But your lower rates, lower payments, possibly, and this is a big possibly, always check maybe a tax benefit. You know, when your income taxes, that's something you would discuss with an advisor, of course. And again, you're using the equity of your home with the hopes and intention that it's going to generate more value when you do sell it and you'll get maybe not dollar for dollar, but it will make it more attractive for when it does sell. All right, Brad, now you get the fun question. Okay. (laughs) If you could update your home 
money was no object, what's the one thing that you would do? Uh, my kitchen. Hmm. So, so what does it look like now? What do you want it to look like? So I live in a high rise. And one of the things I learned the hard way is trying to get a contractor to do work on a high rise is oh. very difficult because of the extra time that's involved. Everything's got to go up and down the elevator. It has to go huh. through an architectural committee and all that. So my home I bought was a foreclosure. Previous owner had done some very specific things. <laughs> that um, Avocado we've green. learned to live with. Well, no, but eh, it's not good. <laughs> and she took all the appliances with her. No. That happens a lot on foreclosures. Yeah, yeah, people take the appliances. They'll take the copper wiring out, out of the walls. I mean, it's just nuts. But I would do the kitchen. That would be the main thing because I like to cook. So, And if he can't get there. a contractor to do it, who can? Yeah. <laughs> But it's always the shoemaker's kids without shoes. Yeah. You know, that's a, we're always the last on our list. All right. Well, thank you both so much. So can you tell our listeners how to find you? Kathy, why don't you go first? Available at Addition Financial Credit Union, myself and my associates by calling 407-896-9411. Ask to speak to any of the real estate associates or by visiting any one of our branches. Perfect. Okay, Brad, your turn. Tell us how we can find you and the awesome work that you do. Well, you can find us on the internet. It's Home Staging Pros. You just Google it. We should be the first ones that pop up. You can also call us at 866-599-5133. And I'm sure producer Lauren will put all the information in the show notes. So if they want to reach out to both of you, it'll be in there. But thank you guys so much for coming out today. We really appreciate it. Oh, it was thank great you. being here again. All right, Christina, it's time for our favorite segment. What, what did, did we, we learn, learn today? today? Okay, I'm going to go first. I don't plan on selling my home anytime soon, but I thought something was really interesting when selling your home, Brad said several times, declutter and depersonalize. So I thought it was really interesting to remove 50% of the furniture you have in your house. So I thought that was really interesting, removing anything that could be like leather. I never even thought to put leather or take the pictures down of my family, things like that. So I thought that was really interesting and something that's free. Take pictures down. <laughs> okay, stop it, Will. I think, I, think, I think Kathy needs to come over and help you hang some I things know. up. Do you think she'll do that for me? <laughs> she might if you pay her. No. <laughs> <laughs> so general rule, the center of the picture should be 60 inches off the floor. Mm -hmm. There you go. Or four inches above the sofa. Oh, Not good to know. the ceiling, which everybody does. Or just use your hand reason. if you don't have a ruler. Hand. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I learned today. The middle of the picture should be 60 inches off the floor. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. All right. We always like to leave our listeners with something that is useful that you can use right after the podcast. And this is a terrific resource. That's right. It's the step-by-step -step guide to relocating and starting a new job. Longest title ever. A very nice long title. Mm -hmm. It covers everything from selling your current home to finding a new one and making a good first impression at your new job. Well, moving can be so stressful. So this is a really great guide to have that will walk you right through the steps and hopefully make the whole experience go so much smoothly. Producer Lauren has included the link in our show notes and you can go there and download it and share with your friends. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. And we'll see you next time on Making It Count. And that's a wrap on this episode of Making It Count. If you learned something new, were inspired to reach your financial goals, or just found us entertaining, please subscribe, share, or rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. 
And don't worry, we'll be back soon with another new episode of Making Making It Count. Count.